0: everyone, welcome back to the PayActive podcast for episode number three. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and I am very excited about today's episode. Rather than do our typical thing where I interview someone else, we turn the table around and Sydney from the PayActive team interviewed me asking questions about credit cards and credit scores and how to use them best for your finances. So without any further ado, let's dive into the interview. All right, everyone. I am so excited to be here right now with Sydney. She is a member of the PayActive team. She was very instrumental in making this podcast happen. And we are here, as I just briefly mentioned, for her to ask me questions and talk all about credit and credit cards. But before we dive in, Sydney, could you say hello and let us know a little bit about your background and your role at PayActive?
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Eric, for that intro. Yeah. So, I'm part of the marketing team over here at PayActive, and I also just happen to be a 20-something who has no idea what I'm doing with my finances. So I just wanted to take it upon myself to ask Eric some of these questions that I feel like a lot of people my age or in general people who are just learning about money have. You know, To have access to someone like Eric, who's just so knowledgeable about all different kinds of financial topics, that's a pretty rare opportunity to just sit down and grill him <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like our coffee uh brain picking session right
1: <laughs> exactly yeah that's how i like to think about it too it's a casual conversation about about topics i think you know unfortunately we're just not taught about in school a lot of these things you have to google it later in life then we forget what we google then we're just googling forever so <laughs> to actually learn some of this this stuff and, and have conversations that that stick a little bit longer that's that's why we created this podcast yeah, just to, to pick Eric's brain a little bit.
0: <laughs> so Sydney has put some questions together all about, as we said, credits and credit cards. And these are things I've been using for a long time. I actually got my first credit card. It's a funny story. My uncle, who's, who's now sadly passed away, but he was a bank manager at a Wells Fargo for a really long time. And when I was in, there was right when I started college, I was about 18, I asked him to sign me up to get me a checking account and a savings account, kind of the whole package you need to be a grown-up with your money. And in that, he signed me up for a credit card, even though I hadn't asked. And my dad was like, oh, you got a credit card in the mail. (laughs) And it had a pretty low limit. But that was how I got my first credit card uh, of my own. My uncle signed me up without me really realizing he was doing it. But it put me on a really good path. I learned a lot from it. I maxed that one out one time but I paid it off. I never paid any interest on it. I was ready to pay it off by the due date. So uh, so I have some fun stories with credit over the last uh, almost 20 years. Yes, I, I feel like I'm the old guy now. So you talk about your <laughs> 20s. But I'm only in my 30s. I'm not that old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I guess it just generally speaking, so you're talking about how your uncle set up, set up all these accounts for you, and that's what most people are just trying to do on their own. They're just trying to figure out what they need to get through the day-to-day. Do I need you know, my, do I need this credit card or are you going to use a debit card? And what's the difference between the two? So just generally Absolutely. speaking in layman's terms, you know, what is the difference between just like your regular checking account and then so this credit card and, and how do they operate and work together?
0: Sure. So a checking account, which for PayActive listeners, if you're a user, the PayActive account is not technically a checking account, but it works really, really similarly. So whenever I talk about a checking account or a debit card here. It will all apply to the pay active account too, just so you know. So a checking account in general is a place that you can deposit money and the bank will keep it safe there. It's way safer than having it at home under your mattress or in a coffee can and buried in the backyard like in that old funny movie about uh, the guys in Vegas. Uh, so see, we don't want to do that because you know if you lose cash, as you know, it's gone forever. And, fires happen, mold. You know, there Lots of things can happen to cash. So when, when it's in the bank in a checking account or, or the pay active account, it's FDIC insured, which means that even if the bank goes out of business, you are going to get your money back. That actually happened to me once I, when the 2007-2008 financial crisis happened. I had a CD at a bank in Northern Colorado, just an hour or so from Denver because they had a really good interest rate. And they went out of business, and I got a check from the FDIC. I got a check from the wow. government. So, checking that was a
1: long-term savings account, right? That yes.
0: You had? Yeah. CD is a type of a long-term savings account. So, a checking account has that same protection, except you can put money in and take money out as many times as you want in a month with no limits. And a debit card is a card that gives you access to those funds. So, you you might use it at an ATM to get cash out, or go to the grocery store and you swipe it or tap it or dip it. You know, There's, there's so many ways you can pay these days. <laughs> Whenever you pay, it will always come right out of your bank account. So if you have $100 and you use that debit card and buy something for, let's say, $50, instantly you will now have $50. That $50 was taken out of the bank. So credit cards don't have that bank account behind it. So where does the money come from, right? So that is called a line of credit. So when you apply for a credit card, the credit card company, it could be a bank, it could be a company that only does credit cards. There's a whole bunch of different com- companies that make credit card type products, but they're going to look, for the most part, there's, there's some exceptions to this, but most will look at your credit report and your credit score to see your history of paying back money you've borrowed. Your credit report, you can kind of think about it like your transcripts from high school or college, where... It has a list of every single class and grade. Your credit report has a list of every credit card, every loan, if you've ever had student loans, car loans, mortgages, anything like that that's related to borrowing. Payday loans are generally not put on there, uh, for better or worse. Payday loans aren't good anyway. We should try to avoid those if we ever can. Uh, So those aren't usually on there, but credit cards and similar products are, and those details are all added up together and you get a number and that's your credit score and a higher number means to a lender that generally you are good at paying back the things you've borrowed and a low score says you've probably been late or missed payments or maybe had a bankruptcy or a judgment against you, something like that in the past. So a bank or a lender, whatever the credit card company will look at that credit report and score when you apply and say, okay, we're willing to give this person this much money as a loan at any point in time and trust that they'll pay it back. So that's kind of where the money comes from, to make a long story long, with a credit card. A, a lender says, you know, we'll let you borrow $1,000 or 5000 or whatever the limit is they think you are able to pay back. And they trust that you will pay back. So that, that's Great. basically where the money comes from. They'll let you borrow it, and as long as you keep paying it back as agreed, they'll let you keep borrowing, uh, and that that, that's sense. what credit cards do.
1: Yeah, so to, so the different credit card companies, do they all follow the same rules? So if I come to them and I say, hey, I want a credit card, if I'm looking at three different companies, are they all going to do that same, go through the same checklist and offer me the same product so if i have like an okay credit score maybe a lower credit score will they all say no to me or you know what i mean so yeah yeah, or does it fluctuate depending on the company
0: yeah that's a great question so the every company does it a little different so they all have a a similar process but everyone is unique there. They're proprietary, is the uh, the fancy industry term. So that means that they don't tell any other companies exactly how they decide to approve someone or not. But generally, they'll they'll follow kind of that similar review process. But some companies, you know, like um, American Express, I'll call out, they're generally targeting people only with really really good credit. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you have an excellent credit score, if you've never made a late payment or missed a payment. They have some really good rewards cards that they're willing to give people who have good credit. And then you look at, there's a lot of other banks. I'm not going to pick any up by name, but there are a lot of banks that have cards for people who are new to credit or who have just average credit or who are happy mm-hmm. to take someone who've made a, a mistake or a, li- a mispayment once or twice in the past. Credit
1: building Yeah. credit building cards. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: So there, there's a couple different categories. So there, in the credit building world, there's cards called secured credit cards. Those have they work kind of like a bank account and a credit card combined. So if you have with one of those, let's say you have a $1000 credit limit, you would have to put down a $1000 deposit at the bank. And they just keep that money in an account in case you don't pay your credit card back. But otherwise, it works just like a regular credit card. It reports to your credit report just like any other one. The credit report doesn't care if it's a secured card or a not secured card. Uh, It treats it the same. So if you have a secured card and pay it as agreed and use it well for six months, a year or so, you should see your credit score start to go up and then you might be able to qualify for one of those cards that doesn't have that secure requirement
1: American Express
0: yeah moving your way up get those those travel cards right
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's what I'm talking about
0: <laughs> free trips I took my family to uh, a little little fun story I'm a big uh, points and miles guy I took my whole family five of us we went to Hawaii in May last year right after uh, we could get vaccinated so I got vaccinated my wife got vaccinated we masked up our kids we went to Hawaii. And I paid out-of-pocket uh, probably about $1,000 for the whole trip, which, you know, it's a big chunk of change, but I looked at what it would have cost without miles and points. It would have probably been, you know, 10 times that. We wouldn't have been on a trip that expensive.
1: Wow. So miles amazing. and
0: points let us go on this amazing trip for a fraction of the cost. So there are that's some benefits cool. to good credit.
1: That's yeah. awesome. I've, there's this guy called, what, the Points Guy?
0: I actually know him. I know the Points him? Guy. You know
1: him? Yeah. No way. I don't know I him read, well. I read We've some met. of his articles and heard mm-hmm. him on a podcast or two. He just, this guy, he started this whole, call. why don't you tell me about the Points Guy real quick?
0: Sure, yeah. His, um, <laughs> so his name's Brian, and it's a great website if you are into miles and points and have good credit already. Uh, I totally recommend it. It's an awesome resource. And they... Give you all of the tools and knowledge through blog posts and mobile apps to help you make the best choices when you're signing up for new cards to earn the most miles or points possible, and then use them to go on the best free trips possible. And if you're into cash back, they'll help with that too. So there are some huge benefits into having good credit, but it all starts with with you know, I, when I was 18, I didn't have any credit. Right? We all start from scratch. So. Uh, Don't be discouraged if you don't have an 800 credit score. Most people don't. Uh, We all start somewhere, and we have to build up, and that's an important thing to remember.
1: Totally. I'm one of these people who, you know, I, I like to look into this stuff because it, it, it gets me excited to pay off my credit card bill because I'm working toward, you know, getting to that point where I can also go pay for a trip to go to Hawaii just off of my points.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, like I just got started too. So it, it's it's cool to talk about, you know, both ends of the spectrum and, and what could that can look like for anyone who's, you know, at any point in the journey. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's from... Whether you're, you know, getting uh trying to build your credit with a brand new secured card for the first time, or you're you know, excited for one of those high end cards with a lot of miles and points, um, yeah, don't don't be discouraged if you are not at the point you want to be. You know, look at it for inspiration. It's uh, totally. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, hey, can we so we've been talking a lot about, you know, the bright side, the positive, wonderful side of credit cards. (laughs) Let's flip the coin and talk more about, you know, the the harder, darker side of credit cards and why they're so difficult. So one of the reasons why I'm still struggling to build my credit was because I got this college kid credit card in when I started school. It was supposed to help me build my credit, but I just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand all these due dates and, you know, when things were due and I would just spend more than I probably would if I was just using my debit card because it didn't feel like real money. That delayed gratification, if you will. Yeah, you could go get the TV
0: or the pair of shoes or the purse right now, but you don't have to pay for a while, right?
1: Yeah, so it didn't feel like real money in my mind. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, with credit cards is so growing up, my my mom used to freeze my dad's credit card in the in the freezer in a block of ice That's a when great she saw his spending go up. Yeah, so what what are, speak to that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so so credit cards. Yeah, so far I've I've um, pointed to the rosy and fun parts and the way I use credit cards as a tool to help my finances. But if you don't use credit cards that way, it's really easy to get into a lot of financial trouble. Uh, that can wreck your credit and it can cost you a small fortune. As we mentioned earlier, you're probably not going to learn about this stuff in school. And unless your parents taught you about it, you probably don't know anything about credit cards, right? And if they did, there's probably a 50-50, they taught you something wrong. So, so we'll go ahead and t- tell you how they really should be used. So in that student credit card is just how I started, right? When I was 18, my uncle signed me up. So uh, I was just lucky that my dad said pretty much never use this thing and keep it in the back of a drawer. When you think about your spending with a credit card, remember, every dollar you spend, you have to pay back. When you sign up for a credit card, you're signing a really, really long legal document. Most people don't really read the whole thing. Uh, Maybe you should one time just to see what's in there. Uh, But it's a really long thing that pretty much says, if I don't pay this money back, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. (laughs) So you want to make sure if you're going to put a purchase on a credit card, it's something that you can afford to pay back. And there's a a few important ways to think about it when you're making those purchase decisions. So for me personally, I always like to make a rule, and this is something I'd suggest anyone do, that you never make a purchase on a credit card that you can't pay off in full by the due date. So what happens with that, if you pay off the credit card in full by the due date, you never have to pay interest. So you can use the card more or less for free. Even, even borrow money for two, three, four weeks until your next payment's due for free, but then you have to pay it back by that due date or it becomes not free, and that's what interest kicks in. So right. if you carry a balance from month to month, you'll have to pay a percent of however much you borrow. So if you have a $100 balance versus a $1,000 balance, your payment will be different. You'll have a higher payment with a higher balance. Uh, right. But the more you borrow, the more interest you'll pay. So, it's always best to keep those balances uh, as close to zero as you can and pay them off in full by the due date if you're able. Now, there's sometimes it's good, you know, if you have an emergency, you know, financial emergencies, people have that happen sometimes. You know, you lose a job, uh, your kid breaks their leg, and you have to go to the ER. You know, there, there's expensive things that happen cars break down, furnaces. You know, there, there's a long, long list of <laughs> financial emergencies. And hopefully, you have cash and an emergency fund you know the pay active account's great for that too we have the uh, savings feature in there to automatically put a little bit of money away every payday but if you don't have an emergency fund that's when i would say it's maybe okay to use a credit card if you know you can't pay it back in full because i mean that's an emergency right and we're not talking an emergency like i got invited to go to the club tonight and i need an outfit we're talking about an emergency like. I need fashion to, emergency. yeah, not a fashion <laughs> emergency. We're talking like keeping the heat on and keeping right, yourself survival. fed. Yes. Like actual needs that you, eat, needs. Um, you know, to feed yourself and your family and stay housed. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. so at
1: Be Active, we call that livelihood, yeah. you know, being able to just take care of those basic needs. But yeah, ideally you'd have that in a in an emergency fund because if then you're paying for that, you know, survival, whatever it was that you needed to pay for, you're paying for that the next several months maybe say you have another emergency happen and then that you know that bill just skyrockets right snowball
0: and it can happen yeah and we saw at the beginning of covid we saw so many people have that exact thing happen it wouldn't i don't in our lifetimes we've never seen you know like half the country all be pretty much laid off in a day (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um, when that happens you know it makes sense people would go to their credit cards to pay for groceries and and water bills and gas and and utilities, things like that. But it's important to not, if you're in that situation, you don't go splurge with your credit card. And if you're in a situation where your money is doing okay, you know, keep that card, as we were saying in the beginning, just for the things you can afford to pay off. And Mm -hmm. if you have the personality type, it's important to know yourself and what kind of spender you are. Um, I know in my family, we have some spenders. It sounds like your dad is a spender who, uh, your your mom would take his credit card. So, and
1: unfortunately, it, I inherited that from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Sydney, you got the spender gene. You know, it, it's a thing uh-huh. that some people have, and um, it's by knowing yourself, you can make the best decisions about how you use credit cards. You know, some people might not want to carry one with them because if it's in their bag or their wallet, and they're at the store and they see something cool, they'll just they have bad impulse control. And that's just something you have to know about yourself. Uh, I'm the kind of person where if I see something that costs over $100, uh, but doesn't matter what it is, I always kind of freak out for a second before I buy it and think, do I really, really, really need this? I take my time before I do a purchase like that. But if you're the kind of person who is uh, a quick spender, you have to be very careful with credit cards Mm -hmm. or you could end up and a ton of debt without realizing it. And that's really hard to pay off sometimes. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. One trick I heard, I'm not sure where, but a person said to, you know, if you have a monthly budget for whatever it is, your the survival things, the clothes, whatever it is you want, you got your monthly budget, spend your first, say, $500 on your credit card. But once you've reached that $500, stop. Yep. Stop and just switch over to your other cards, your debit cards, you know, so you just know that that's what I'm doing every month. And you're still building credit, but you're not putting yourself in that risky situation.
0: Yeah, that's a great plan. That's that. kind of like the, There's a budgeting technique called the envelope budgeting technique. And that's a cash based budgeting idea. A lot of our grandmas probably did it and didn't know it was called the envelope budgeting technique. But basically, the idea is you get your paycheck in cash, and then you have an envelope that says groceries, an envelope that says clothes, an envelope that says gas. You have an envelope for each budget category, and you put mm-hmm. actual cash in those. And when the envelopes empty, you're done spending on that for the month. So that's kind of creating a rule like that with your credit card, which is a great yeah. a great way to do it. You know, if you're just yeah. looking to build credit, there's a common myth that you have to carry a balance and use the card every month to build credit and that's not true that is a myth you can have your card sitting in the back of your drawer and still be building credit and it will still count as you're being responsible with it so some something what? that people who are really bad Wait, I'm w-
1: sorry you just blew my mind yeah you can it can just be sitting in your drawer and you'll be building credit
0: yes you won't necessarily get as much credit as an on-time payment but you are showing the credit card company that you can have a credit line open and keep it for emergencies, keep it for needs and not be maxing it out and using it all the time. And that shows you're responsible with it. Mm-hmm. So just having a credit card open and not using it can help your credit. Uh, the trick is if you don't use it for way too long, the credit card company might close it. They might say it's inactive. So sure. there, there's just still want to
1: use it occasionally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah,
0: what there's, one, I have some cards that I don't use that often that are older cards with no annual fee. And because they help build credit, I want to keep them open. So about every three months, I have a little mark on my calendar and I'll pull those cards out and I'll carry them around with me and I'll buy lunch. Or you know, if I'm running into the store to like a convenience store, or something small, of you know, up to $10 purchase. And I have all those cards on auto pay, so I'll never forget to pay it off because paying on time is important both for interest mm-hmm. and for building credit. Mm-hmm. so if you do that, if you just have one or two credit cards that you buy lunch with every three months, that's going to help you build credit. You never mm-hmm. have to use them for anything else, and having them on standby for emergencies um, that that could be a good strategy for you and if you get really good at the budgeting stuff and feel really comfortable with managing your income and spending, then you can get to kind of the more advanced levels of trying to get the cash back rewards and the miles and points like I am always trying to do. But you you should always start with the basics. Make sure you can have the card, pay it off in full by the due date. You don't have to use it that often. And if you're doing that and you feel comfortable, then you can kind of take those baby steps up and and use the card more and more and make sure you're following the budget though. That's
1: always key. Always key. Gosh, that's awesome. What, just, I don't know, I'm getting great insights right now that I'm just so excited to just take home and, and run with. So I guess just to um, to sort of wrap things up, because I feel like we've covered so much about credit cards, is there, as you're talking to your kids, as they get older and old enough to use credit cards, what are some of like the major things that you want to make sure that they know, maybe even before they're the age to start using credit cards, what is it that you're going to be teaching them?
0: Okay, I'm already teaching my kids about money because I'm a money nerd. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt right now that says I'm a money nerd. Uh, So (laughs) You guys can't all see it while you're listening, but I'm wearing it. And I am a money nerd. And I think it's so important that we look at our money as as the thing that we often blame for not being able to do what we want to do, or the thing that lets us do what we want to do. So I want my kids to feel empowered and understand how money fits into their life and how you know, their education and career choices fit into their financial future. And when it comes to credit cards, I want to teach them to hopefully use them the way I do. If you use them and pay them off in full by the due date, that's, you know, that's I, I know I keep saying it again and again, but it's really the single most important thing with a credit card. If you use it and pay it off by the due date, that's rule number one. If you don't do anything else and you do that, you're probably doing better than most people and using credit cards in your benefit. So if they do that, then they're doing okay. And if they can't do that, then I teach them to not use those credit cards like we talked about. If you don't have the willpower to you know, not go buy the new Xbox or iPhone or whatever it is when it comes out, um, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford it, great, you use the credit card. But if you can't afford it, you shouldn't let the credit card trick you into thinking you can afford it because you will be paying for it for a while. So as I'd say, are probably the, the biggest lessons I'd want to teach my kids.
1: I love that. What we're talking a lot about, too, is just, you know, sort of understanding how you spend as a mm-hmm. consumer is so important. And a credit card should not be the vessel by which you learn about yourself.
0: Yes. You don't you know? want to make that's an expensive way to learn your spending habits. It's much yeah. better to, you know, there there's some really great debit cards with no fees. And that's an important feature if If you have a problem with overspending is you know, some people get nervous about using debit cards because they see overdraft fees. But thankfully, there are many cards without those big overdraft fees. And if you have that spending problem, sticking with a debit card that doesn't have those fees is probably the best way to start. And you know a card, a plastic card looks the same. You know, it doesn't matter you know, the Visa MasterCard logo, it doesn't matter what, what the rest of it is. It all works the same. No one cares other than you. People are self-conscious of their own cards, but the cashier doesn't care. You use the card, whether it's a debit card or credit card or cash. I mean, I'm not a cash guy, but for some people that is the right way to go. It's important to understand your personal needs. You know, that's why it's called personal finance. It's personal. Everyone's is different and mm-hmm. it's i I like having open conversations like this i don't like money being a taboo because that helps people you'll know, learn how other people manage their money and pick up their best tips and tricks so Absolutely. you can you know don't have to keep up with the joneses you don't have to keep up with your neighbors the joneses probably have ten thousand dollars in credit card debt so uh, rather than dealing with what your neighbors have or you know trying to get the coolest car just look at your personal needs, the things that matter most to you, and the places you want your money to go. And if you can focus on that, then as we say at PayActive, you can live the life you've earned and, and feel like you are living a rich life, even if you don't have a uh, Russian oligarch bank account.
1: <laughs> so there was this one time I was in college math class and the teacher just decided to like stop class just mid sentence. She's like, you know what, guys, we're just going to have a little talk right now. We're just going to talk about credit cards. And clearly something was on her mind. She was very distracted. She goes, you know why you need a credit card? So when, you know, inevitably someone online steals your, the numbers, you know, you'll get reimbursed like that because she had had someone steal thousands of dollars off of one of these cards that she had and it was a credit card. And she said, I was reimbursed like that. So is this true? Is this a myth? Is is there a safety component to using credit cards that people should also be aware of?
0: Yes, that is a great story. And that has happened to me. And I can verify if someone steals your credit card number, actually by law, it's in your credit card agreements also, but it's also the law. So the banks, um, you know, they, they, They act like they're being your best friend, but they have to do it. There is a zero fraud liability with credit cards, and that goes to pretty much every major credit card in the US. So if someone steals your credit card number and uses it at Walmart in Puerto Rico, that's what happened to my parents one time, or uh, you're on a vacation and someone tries to buy a plane ticket with your car, like something that is clearly not you, Um, Most of the time, the bank will figure it out before you do, and they'll send you a text message or an email and say, hey, is this you or is this fraud? And I actually used to work for a company that helped uh, make that happen, so I know a lot about how credit card fraud works, and there are really, really, really good computers that figure out where you are likely to spend and not spend. And if they notice something that's not in your pattern, it will flag it. But even if the computer doesn't notice, as long as you tell the uh, credit card company right away, you are never liable for any charges that were not authorized and made by you or one of your authorized users. So that is a really important protection. Debit yeah. cards you get a similar protection but it's not as good and it yeah. can take some time to get your money back. It can take right. months and you might not get it all back. With credit cards it, it that, that's what's one thing that scares me with debit cards. If you go to let's say the gas station and someone has one of those credit or card skimmers on the gas pump, which happens, we see it in the news, and you put your debit card in and they steal your debit card number, they can steal all of your money in your bank account. They can drain your account down to zero or close to it. They don't know what you have, so it's kind of a guess, but they can spend until it gets declined. With a credit card, they're not draining your account. You call up the bank, say, this wasn't my charge. You call the number on the back of the card or go on the website, say, this wasn't me, and it will just magically disappear from your statement and you will get a letter in the mail Saying um, you might have to sign something saying that this was really fraud, but if someone steals your card and uses it without your permission, you do not have to pay, and that is something you don't get with other payment methods.
1: Thank you so much, Eric, for your time. I really appreciate you, you know, answering my questions. Let me grill you a little bit about credit cards.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for taking your time to come in and chat on the podcast. I have a feeling our listeners really enjoyed this. And if you have any questions, you can. Um, you know, send us notes on the PayActive Twitter. That's a good way to reach us or the Facebook page, any of the social media channels for PayActive. Um, we're we're all a team together, and we'll get a hold of those notes. So if you have any questions about credit cards or anything else, send us a note and uh, tag us at PayActive. Yes, PayActive, without an e. Well, I hope you had as much fun listening as I had fun chatting with Sydney. This was a really cool conversation to talk all about credit cards and answer questions that could apply to a lot of people just like you. If you heard about any PayActive products you think are interesting, be sure to download the app. You can go to the Apple App Store or Google Play to download PayActive and get started right away. Thanks so much for listening with us till the end and keep on living the life you've earned. Talk to you next time. Bye bye.